What's up, everyone? I want to welcome you and thank you for listening to this podcast. Today's episode is for all Days Big Money League members and fans out there, as today's episode features the enticing upcoming fantasy playoffs, featuring our predictions and a season recap. Joining us today is the commission himself, Dave. How are we doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're excited to talk about recap of the fifth season. Hard to believe we're already half a decade in here. And uh, talk about the playoffs coming up. we got six teams that earned their way in and uh, looking to crown a, a new champion this year. Yeah, you know, fifth year in the league, we got some familiar faces in the playoffs. We got some guys joining for the first time, you know, and this is an interesting one because I think this is a, a season where the top teams have been the top teams and the bottom teams kind of showed right from the get-go. And, you know, this is a very interesting playoff that we're going to have coming, coming forward. Agreed. You know, I couldn't... Uh... You know, it's it's funny because we looked at draft night at some of these teams that we thought were shoe-ins for the playoffs, and I don't mean to start it off with the 10th team, uh, but Matt, I know a lot of people said draft night Matt's team was the best team, and obviously getting Jonathan Taylor midseason might have put Matt's team over the top, but that just goes to show you could have the best team on paper, but still finish 10th, you know? So, Matt, since you're here with us, why don't you talk to us about your season, and uh, we'll recap from the 10 all the way up to the one seed. Yeah, you know, the season, season didn't go all way, you know. Recapping all these teams out of the playoffs is tough to have to start with mine. As you know, as you said, I do think I had a great team entering the draft or following the draft, I should say. And I do felt like I have a team that could have made the playoffs, you know. But no excuses. A lot of things just didn't go my way. You know, I out of the 10 losses, five of them were by less than five points. I Losing Javonta Williams second round, you know, I said uh, Dave earlier today, his return rate on he had the worst return rate out of any player drafted this year. I mean, obviously the injury didn't help it, and we saw Melvin Gordon getting cut later in the season. Definitely would have showed you that Javante would have took over that backfield, especially with Denver struggling. I agree. And you know, it's funny the I mentioned to Dave earlier the worst return rate actually from an active player was Russell Wilson, so that shows you how bad the QB play was over there in Denver, but. Mm-hmm. Losing Devontae Williams for the season didn't help. And, I, you know, my team just didn't start off hot. ETN didn't come alive till the end. Yeah. You know, and I made some deals that I, I make again today. But, you know, 10 seed is, is a tough one to, to swallow in a league like this. Yeah. No, it's definitely uh, nothing. True Nip City fashion to go make some trades this year. But it seems like, Matt, it's either... You're in the championship or you're at the bottom of the bottom of the food chain here. And that, that's how it's been, you know, five yeah. years, three, three of the years I've been to the championship. My only playoff losses are in the championship. You know, I have a, I have a very good playoff record and I'll, I'll stand by that. But, you know, if one, if I'm getting to the chip, I got to win, you know, and I've lost two out of the three, you know, yep. one to Mr. Joe Nelson and um, Troy, who are both in the playoffs this year competing yep. for competing for another trophy and. It just didn't go my way. No, no excuses, just couldn't go my way this year. I couldn't agree more. And the team who finished ninth currently right now, Bobby, I feel like it was a little bit of, you know, not necessarily luck. Well, I guess a little bit of luck is fantasy. Bobby even knows this too. He says all the time it's all about luck. And, you know, some of the, the players really just didn't have the seasons that we thought they'd have. You know, I'm just going to start off with two that jump out at me with DeAndre Swift and DJ Moore. Matt, you and me were both very high on Swift this year. You know, he kind of falls in that Javante Williams, Najee Harris, you know, category of, you know, these second, third year backs coming in, you know, expecting a lot and just not really producing this year. So, And it's really just simple as he didn't live up to the projections. You know, I told you at the beginning of the year, I thought he would finish his number one back. Obviously, I was not correct with that statement. And I, th- I almost considered taking him first round. And you're also right with DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore has only hit 10 plus points six times out of 13, 13 games, you wow. know, and he has yeah. only hit 10 plus one time in the last five games. And down the stretch for Bob, that just that couldn't work out to get him to a playoff. I mean, he had some recent uh, stretches with Amon Rossi Brown really picking it up, Justin Fields playing pretty well. Aside from the injury recently, you know, so Bobby had some life for sure. I was, I was just going to say, you know, the last. Last year and this year, there really hasn't been like a, a waiver wire ad that really was, you know, eye-popping. You know, two years ago, got to give it to Joe where credit's due. You know, James Robinson was the best transaction waiver wire ad in this league's history. By far. By far. Yeah. This year, yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you who it was last year, but this year, um, 
I guess, to be honest, I was looking at that for the awards later on. It's like Justin Fields is honestly probably a top contender for that. So that was a good pickup by Bobby. But again, it's not just quarterback play. You know, Kittle was in and out of the lineup. I think Amon Ross St. Brown missed two games this year, if I'm not mistaken. So that didn't help either. Or no, he missed one, but still. Um, you know, Bobby had a good team. If he got in the playoffs, I definitely would have been a little nervous. He did beat me earlier this year when my team wasn't at full strength. But, um, you know, another disappointing year for, for Bobby in this league. You know, he's only made the playoffs once. That was last year, and his playoff record's on one. So we'll see what next year holds, but it's definitely going to be a make-or-break type year, you know, like it was for myself and a couple other teams this year to, to get over the hump. You know what it is? History has not gone Bobby's way, but Bobby's been a very active general manager. You know, he leads his team every year to at least be competitive, and this year yeah. he was. It's just these bottom four teams are good, but yeah. at the end of the day, they just couldn't push it forward to clinch the playoffs. Agreed, agreed, which brings us to the eighth seed, which is JT. JT, you know I love you, man. Always try hard in this league, in every league that you're in, and you know, I was going through your team, you know, and again, when you were on that nice little winning streak, you know, after the one and seven start to still finish five and nine is really good. Um, the killer this year, you know, you had Mahomes, you had Mixon who missed two or three games this year. You know, T Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Hawkinson, great pickup with uh, Christian Watson, who I drafted earlier this year. The team was there, but ultimately it just came down to that missing piece I said, which is Alvin Kamara. I know for me in another league, the Dynasty League that some of you guys are in with me and Matt, um, Kamara just, in my opinion, I know like Javante Williams, Matt, you just said, had the lowest rate of return, I guess you could say. But in terms of playing basically every game, Kamara was just the biggest letdown. And I think that's why what led to JT missing the playoffs by two games here. And I think his biggest letdown was his inconsistency. You know, he, he right now... Going into the playoffs, he finishes the RB16, and you took this guy at the end of the first, you know, 10th, 11th pick, and he just couldn't produce. And I think, like you said before, JT started off losing seven out of his first eight. And some interesting t- statistics for you guys is that eight out of JT's nine losses, he scored 110 plus. Wow. And in six of those nine losses, he scored 120 plus. So, you know, strength of schedule really does come into play when yeah. it comes to fantasy football. And, you know, JT did put up some firepower this season. It just wasn't enough to get him where he wanted. Definitely. That brings us to the seventh seed and the top team out of the four teams missing the playoffs, who was the third highest scoring team, which is crazy to think that this team didn't make the playoffs. But that brings us to Jeff. Um, and that'll get right into, I guess, you know, an early front runner, if not the final pick for best pick of the entire draft has to go to Jeff for drafting running back one in the fifth round, Josh Jacobs. Phenomenal pick. Devontae Adams, phenomenal pick. And the one thing I told Matt earlier before we started the show, Jeff always has a loaded team and or bench. It's just kind of making the right moves. And it's like there wasn't a necessary other piece aside from those two that you could really, you know, say kind of gets him over the hump to go to the playoffs. I can see this team missing the playoffs, but the fact that it was the third scoring team and missed the playoffs, again, that kind of comes into the, some of the troubles that you were facing with just all about who you kind of play certain weeks and stuff like that. So Yeah, you know, Jeff was a team that we thought would probably get in over Mario, you know, maybe clinch yeah. that six seed. You know, Jeff has the, the guys to drop 30, 40 plus, you know, every week and really put him where he wanted to be. You know, Jacobs Adams, like you said, were a fantastic duo yeah. with them being on the same team. They were fantasy efficient all year. Yeah. Lenny, Lenny Fournette struggled. He yeah. did, you know, he kind of lost that backfield a little bit to white. He's kind of picking it back up recently. And, you know, Kyler struggled for him. Kyler really wasn't himself all year. Correct. Now he's hurt. And so even if Jeff was in, he would have a very interesting decision at quarterback. But you know, you're right. Jeff did have a stacked bench. You know, I, I myself made some calls for Gabe Davis when I needed a flex. You know, mm-hmm. his price was a little high and I couldn't get it done. But, you know, Jeff is one of those managers that's going to go out of his way and try to make deals. But yeah. he didn't make any this year. He rode with his team and didn't work out. He actually did make a trade this year. The oh, yes. Best trade yes. in Dave's big yes. league history. You're right. He did the make one. The whopping Elijah Moore for Chase Edmonds. Just had to throw that in there. Yeah, um, we'll get into get into trades, but that is one of the the lowest. Yeah, and I'm gonna most say interesting. Deals I'm gonna I've say seen. Gabe Davis's biggest downfall this year. I don't think you have this written down, but this Gabe Davis I know right now leads the league in drops. Yeah, I don't know if it's close, but I know he's definitely leading the league in drops. And obviously, you know whether it's you know real life or fantasy when you're dropping the football, it doesn't help. So, but the Isaiah uh, 
Pacheco pickup was is one of the best. One of the best, you know yeah. that, and Justin Fields, I would say, probably at the top two. So that was a good pickup. That brings us to our first team in the playoffs, the sixth seed, Mario. And with Mario, we were talking about this also before we started. If Najee Harris could have been the back that we all thought Najee Harris was going to be this year, I think it would have been a little bit of a different story with Mario having a, a better regular season record instead of just finishing 7-7. Seven and seven. But, you know, Mario kept it to his team this year. I was texting Mario a couple of times this year to try to get a couple of players. And he's got a lot of good receivers, but it's just kind of underperforming when it comes to running back with Aaron Jones and Najee Harris. You know, Aaron Jones is rated RB8 right now, but... It just hasn't seemed like it's been that, you know, Aaron Jones-type year like we saw the last two years when the Packers were obviously really good and the one seed in the NFC. And with Najee, his problem realistically has just been scoring touchdowns. You know, it's that offensive line hasn't been the best, and uh, it's been one of the worst in the league, and I think that's been that's been the downfall for Mario. Yeah, Najee's been touchdown dependent. You know, he was selected fifth overall in this draft. I hate to say it, probably the worst pick of the first round by far. Yeah. And, you know, he's got the carries. The carries were never the issue. You know, Pittsburgh's going to feed him. They've done it all year. Yeah. But he just hasn't been efficient if he hasn't scored. And it's been the case all season long. Yeah. Aaron Jones, I mean, Aaron Jones and Najee were two guys that I would have sold high. I would have tried to package them for a better better running back, try to move on from them as early as I can. He's had Keenan Allen pretty much out the whole year. He's picked it up recently. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk's been a shining star. DK Metcalf yes. has played above expectations, at least I should say, with the QB play that we thought was going to happen this year, even though Geno has been very solid throughout the entire year. And then Antonio Gibson and uh, Terry McLaurin just haven't been as significant as you would like them to be. You know, yeah, with that Brian Robinson. offense really struggling, aside from maybe Brian Robinson, you know. And now Mario's going to have to start Trevor Lawrence this week going against a tough Dallas defense with Lamar Jackson pretty much missing this week. He's still yeah. questionable, but... We we expect him to miss another game. Dawson Knox has been touchdown dependent as well, and he, he scored last week, but it's not going to be too likely he scores again, in my opinion. So, and Travis Homer is currently his RB two, which is he's gonna he's gonna flip that out with Aaron Jones. But you know, again, it's we'll get to the playoff matchup in a second. But you know, going up against Joe, that would definitely be an upset um, for the record books in this league if if Mario can pull that off. Just considering the fact that Joe is, uh, you know, won this league in the past twice and is the third seed right now. So that would be an upset on paper. But we, we've had it done last year. Last year, the five and the six. Matt, you were the five. Troy was the six. You both upset the three and the four last year. So it's proven it can be done, and we'll see if it happens again. And I do think Joe's team last year is better, was better than this team currently. 100%. No knock at this team, but... Joe has been a top team. I mean, throughout history, he would probably be the number one ranked team. He's yeah. But at least this year, you know, last year, you know, you beat him in the playoffs, which, you know, we were talking about earlier as well. Probably upset of, you know, the whole fantasy spectrum here in Miley, considering Joe was undefeated up until that point. And, uh, you know, going into this year, he's beatable this year. You know, last year, I remember he finished 12-2, and two, and this year he's 9-5. and five. I just beat him to clinch the two seed. Um, I know Troy beat him by a few, and in all honesty, you could have beat him a couple weeks ago, but you yeah. lost by point, point two, two six. Yeah. So, you know that was the difference. Because did Brad score more points than him? Let's check this is on the fly real quick. No, Brad didn't score more points, but him and Brad could have finished with the same record. So Joe's beatable this year. So and I do think Joe has a better team, and I do think that Joe is going to be competitive in this playoff. But but did we think s- Mario was going to beat Troy this upcoming week? No, and he no, did. So. Yeah. No, any, anything could happen. Fancy yeah. playoffs is a one-week thing, and that's it why is. it's so exciting. But do you want to yeah. get into the matchups? You want to get into the matchups? Would we'll, you- we'll get into the matchups starting with there. So Mario and Joe to start us off. Yeah, again, I think it is... Vegas would be all over Joe. You mm-hmm. know, I, I do think he is the favorite going into this. Currently, he's projected to win by 18 points. Now that will change if Mario has the opportunity to play Aaron Jones this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Geno Smith versus Tua for Joe is a very He's got a quarterback controversy on his hand. And he, right now he's leaning Geno, and I do like that as well. But Geno going against San Fran is a very difficult matchup. That's I tough. had the same dilemma in another league. And then he's got two against Buffalo, so Joe could possibly be hitting the waivers unless he decides to ride with Geno. Mm-hmm. 
Dobbins, you know, we saw him perform last week, and I assume Joe expects him to perform this week. Yep. Along with Miles Sanders, who's got a very good matchup against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs is probably the best one-two receiver punch in the league currently right now. You know, um, Jamar T- Chase didn't miss a couple games this year. He'd probably be a top-five uh, ranked receiver. So I don't necessarily like the matchups with Jamar Chase going up against that Tampa Bay defense, but obviously Brock Purdy just lit him up this week. And, you know, Stephon Diggs going up against uh, Xavier Howard this week. Dolphins beat them first time around, and this time it's in Buffalo. Um, And Diggs did score against Miami the last time they played. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And Joe gets Dallas Goddard back this week, which helps because he played Foss Moreau the last couple weeks. and. Fosmoro was not it. And I don't love the, the Goddard start coming right back off from injury. I don't think he's going to be that fantasy efficient. But with that being said, there's really nobody on waivers, and Joe doesn't have another one on his roster. Yep. So it's really a, a must start, I guess you should say, yeah. for, for Joe's team. And then I think the biggest question, Mark, and we would not question this at the beginning of the year, but right now we kind of have to, is Mike Evans starting at the flex. Yeah. I'm not saying there's a better option, but Mike Evans has not scored since week two. Yeah. Tom Brady has not yeah. been efficient for any of the Tampa Bay receivers. Yeah, Joe would have been in a little bit of a bind uh, in terms of who to start if Damian Pierce was playing this week, you know, because obviously I would imagine Damian Pierce still would have been his RB2 behind Sanders, and he would have had to choose between Dobbins and Evans. So that would have been interesting to see who would have started there. But, yeah, overall, it should be a good matchup. You know, I know, like you know, Matt said, Joe's projected to win. I'm looking at it right now. Actually, he's projected to win 118 to 101, but obviously we know projections – nine times out of ten do not turn out the way they are projected to be and you know i'm i'm not picking a winner in this one i could see it going either way matt tell us who you got if you if this was vegas i believe the line would be joe minus nine and a half pushing ten Mm -hmm. and i would take that nine and a half pushing ten i think joe's gonna win this matchup um i do believe that and this is just me outside perspective i would lean uh, white from uh, tampa bay and mckinnon versus Houston for Kansas City over, over Mike Evans, yeah. I would. Um, I kind of like McKinnon. I think he's going to get a lot of passes out of that backfield. I think it's a sneaky streamer, but just looking at the matchups, looking at the schedule, I just think Joe's going to have the advantage aside from QB play, but I do think Gwid's weak at QB play too. Not Nothing against Trevor Lawrence, but I do think against Dallas. It is yeah, a, that is tough. It is a tough matchup. And, you know, uh, Gwid's got the Thursday night guys. He's got, at the moment, Homer and Metcalf playing Thursday night. He's also got uh, Seahawks defense playing on Thursday. And going against San Fran, I do think one of these weeks, one of those teams is going to break that wall that San Francisco's been. But I don't think it's going to be this week. And I do think the Drew crew is going to take a W. Okay. There it is. And that brings us to the four and five seeds, Martin and Brad. Brad's first year in the league, went eight and six, got the four seed. Nice job there for Brad. And, you know, Martin, obviously, in the past, has been to two championships. Um, We know he can do it. Missed the playoffs last year. Came back this year with a strong team. Made the playoffs. He wanted to get off Jonathan Taylor early this year, midseason, I should say. And uh, he did. A.J. Brown has been balling out. I know a lot of us were high on A.J. Brown this year before the draft. And, you know, it's showing that Hurts and Brown connection really paying Dividends for him and Saquon. Martin's a giant fan. That was a phenomenal pick in the third round. Saquon's the top five or six back right now. And uh, I think, personally, the biggest question mark is going to be at RB2 and the flex. You know, Deontay Foreman against Pittsburgh. Alan Lazard against the Rams. You know, I would imagine, even though Ramsey, I've been saying it for the last year now, not the same player he was two years ago, but... Whether Ramsey's going to go up against Watson or Lazard, you know, that's not necessarily a favorable matchup. Um, And then Deontay Foreman going up against that Pittsburgh defense might be a little tough. Yeah, I agree. I I think Marty's lineup this week comes down to a lot of pros and cons. You know, the Hurts-Brown duo, he's going to need that to be big. They have the opportunity to be big every week, and they're going against a Chicago defense that's let up a lot of points this year. So he needs that duo to shine. Barkley's going against Washington. Two weeks ago, he put up 19 points against Washington. So that's a favorable matchup. And I think Mike Will is going to play well against Tennessee. I think that Chargers offense is slowly picking it up. And with Mike Will back, I do think he's going to be efficient. But you're right. The the RB2, I would lean Deontay Foreman over any of the Miami duo right now. I think yeah. I think it'd be more beneficial if Jeff Wilson didn't play this week. That way, Mostert got all the carries. But even against Buffalo, 
that's a it's a streaky matchup. So I would lean Deontay Foreman because whether he's been consistent or not, he's got 21-plus carries every week. Yeah. So, and Pittsburgh, D is good, but they haven't been as good as we expected them to be. So I would lean Deontay Foreman. I think the real question mark is at flex. I, I do like the Alan Lazard play. I think the Monday night matchup is a good advantage to have. Mm-hmm. But I think Jameson Williams, who we just picked up, is a sneaky option going, to, going against the Jets. You're going to have St. Brown on Sarles Gardner. And Reed's been great for, for the Jets, but Jameson Williams on him could be a good matchup for that deep threat. But you're yeah. probably going to need a touchdown for him to be Definitely. significant. Yeah, he, he did not get the targets last week. I think he got two targets and obviously had the one catch for that 41-yard touchdown. But uh, definitely a good pickup. I would have picked him up if Martin didn't claim him this week. So that was a good, very good claim for Marty. And that brings us to Brad, who has been Dallas-dependent this year with Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Pollard, Elliott. Um you know, Tony Pollard, right, arguably the second pick, best pick of the draft behind Jacobs. Um, I think Brad got him in the eighth, ninth, or tenth round, whatever it was, but phenomenal pick. Derrick Henry's going to be Derrick Henry, you know, um, against the Chargers, which is a good matchup because the Chargers' run defense is not very good. Adam Thielen against the Colts. We'll see if that pays dividends because, you know, Michael Pittman against the Colts, I actually might like that matchup a little bit better than Thielen. Um, Evan Ingram kind of balled out last week for the first time this year in terms of really having a phenomenal game. And, uh, that San Fran defense against Seattle, Justin Tucker, you know, probably wouldn't touch the defense or kicker, but it's going to be a good one, Matt. Who do you like on, on Brad's side here? Well, going off Brad real quick, I think Brad should just be a Dallas Cowboy fan at this point. I mean, he's (laughs) starting four of them and I think that's going to be the biggest contributor in this matchup because, if you're Martin, you got to hope that Dallas does not spread that football, that it's a single person, really. I would really, honest to God, just hope that Tony Pollard goes off and that limits Zeke and the, the passing offense. Yeah. But he's got four of them. I mean, you got Dak, you got Tony P, you got Zeke, and you got CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. I mean, they're going against Jacksonville, which is a favorable matchup, and they can definitely be efficient against them. But it is a questionable decision to start all four. Cowboys. I mean, your only real other options are James Conner or Michael Pittman. I agree. I do think Pittman might be a better start than Thielen this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the matchup for Thielen, but with that being said, Thielen hasn't been consistent enough for Mm -hmm. me to start him in a a playoff game. And you're right. Evan Ingram's been way better than he should be. Yeah. And, you know, there's not many tight ends out there, so I don't hate to start. He's got Waller coming back this week. True. To point out. So it's going to be interesting. Interesting play. And you know, Waller was not that efficient prior to getting injured. Absolutely but not, yeah. It still might be the better play than Evan Ingram going against uh, Dallas. Dallas Brad's going to have a lot of guys going at one. Yeah. He's got 49ers defense this Thursday, which is going to be interesting. But right now, I I think this spread, if it was Vegas, would be two and a half, three and a half, leaning toward Brad, home team, higher seed. But I think I'm going to lean Martin. I think I take yeah. the plus. I, I take the plus three and a half. I think Martin does get this win. You know, Martin's... One of four teams to get a playoff win. Brad's first year in the league. I think Martin's going to keep it that way. I think he's yeah. going to keep it as him being one of the only four teams. And I do think – because I think the Hurts-Brown duo is going to be efficient enough to stop this Dallas quadruple or whatever yeah. Brad's got over here. And it's – I think this is one of the closer games. I think this is a one that honestly is simple as a coin flip. But I, I do lean the fantasy football team in this the one. The fantasy football team. So, and it's funny to point out too, you know, based off, you know, we're not going to say your predictions are going to be correct, but there are only four teams in this league that have playoff wins. Matt, Troy, Joe, and Martin. And based on Matt's predictions, if those come true, Martin and Joe win, it'll stay that way up until next week. And that means, you know, there's only one team in that has yet to win a playoff game. That would be myself. I'm 0-1. You know, Troy obviously won the championship last year, so he's got a playoff win, but... It's crazy to think that there's, you know, 40% of the league in five years has playoff wins, so. It's crazy. I mean, not to hype myself up, but me and Joe over here do have five. Yeah. You know, we have a 10, 10 wins total in the playoffs, and there's a lot of teams that have got to the opportunity to get the playoff win, you know. Mm-hmm. I think JT and Jeff in past years yeah, by JT, far should have been a team that was able to get a W. I was very surprised to see, um, you know, I did the the four teams that are out of the playoffs, you know, just because the season's over for you guys. JT's 0-3 in the playoffs. I was surprised to see that. I thought JT got a win over the years, but he's 0-3. Jeff's 0-2. 
Um, Bobby's 0-1. He just went last year, and that was it. And Matt's 5-2, and like he just said. So it's crazy. Only four teams got playoff wins so far. And now before we move on from Martin and Brad's matchup, real yep. quick, question for you. Mm-hmm. You have your flex currently as Ezekiel Elliott for Brad's team. Mm-hmm. Would you play Jamal Williams over him with his touchdown efficiency being so high? Honestly, I would try and find a way for Jamal Williams to be in my lineup, but Brad has a pretty deep team. I'm not going to lie, because James Conner, what did James Conner do this past week? Did he do anything? 23.4, I mean. Yeah, and he, and he got injured in that game yeah, as well. Yeah, and the week before that, he got 21, so... Honestly, I might lead James Conner over Zeke. Um, but like you said, I could definitely see the Lions doing to the Jets what they did to the Giants a couple weeks ago, and it just being a Jamal Williams one-yard touchdown show. And, and Jamal scored the first touchdown in Lions games seven times this year. Yeah, Seven times. Crazy. And, I mean, if he is rolling with Zeke, I don't think that's necessarily a bad option. But, again, you're going to have to be very, very – I should say proud that Dallas is going to do good. Yeah. You, should, you have to be confident yeah. that they're going to be successful in this matchup in order to start all these guys. Because if not, if they have a bad game, I mean, you have to, if you're Martin, you're praying they don't do what they did to Minnesota uh, like three weeks ago when yeah. they beat them 40 You're praying it's the opposite. Exactly. Jacksonville does to Dallas what they did to Minnesota. And Jacksonville has looked pretty decent these last they couple have. of weeks. Yeah. You know? um, Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up, but I do think he'll be healthy for that game. Yeah. And I think it'd go either way. But again, I do lean Martin in this matchup, and I do think that these playoff teams have won already is going to continue to win. And that brings us to the two teams that have the bye, myself and Troy. Um, you know, starting with me as the two seed. Um, you know, it's just I've been saying from the start of the year, it was really based off how the first five picks went. And the first five picks at the beginning all looked like hits until Brees Hall got hurt. Um, you know, McCaffrey, Tyree Kill, Chubb, and Allen have – Definitely carried at times this year. My Zonovan Knight pickup hopefully will take the place of Brees Hall. Devontae Smith and Alave will be rolling with either at the wide receiver two or the flex. So it's good that I got a week off too just to kind of see who I want to roll with next week in terms of starting lineup. And uh, I know with that being said, the number one seed, Troy, we're going to try to get him on the phone here right now. Um, you know, I don't. there has never been a... Oh, I take that back. Actually, that's two years in a row that the defending champ has come back as the one seed because Joe won in 2020, was the one seed last year with the best team. Troy? What's up, sir? You're on the podcast, Troy. How do you feel about your team? Having a bye week, you got the one seed. Defending champ, how do you feel about that? You know, I feel uh, great about my team. A couple slow weeks, past two weeks, but I feel like I have the best team in this league. Uh, I feel like I have the most complete lineup, and uh, my schedule's a little iffy, but um, get Kenny Walker healed up, get Amari Cooper healed up for the flex, and uh, I'm ready to roll, man. Troy, uh, Matt here. How are we doing today? How are you, sir? Good. I I just have a couple questions for you. You know, I said all year I believed you were the deepest team in this league. I I thought that your bench on top of your lineup, you had the opportunity to go match or dependent all year and really just ride with your guys. Question for you is Kenneth Walker this week, you know, questionable going into the matchup. Now he plays Thursday against the top run defense. What, how do you feel about that? See, for my sake, having a bye week. It's huge. I'm, re- huge. I'm really hoping they sit him this week or just limit him to, a, you know, a few drives here and there, get get the wheels rolling again. I, uh, I need him. I need him back for next week. If not, we have David Montgomery on the bench ready, rocked and ready to roll, man. And Troy, one more thing here before we let you go. Let's talk about the trade that didn't happen. Remember, at the trade deadline, me and you were in talks. I was sending McCaffrey and Devonta Smith to you, and Devonta Smith at the time was in that kind of no-man's land where he wasn't doing too much for Amari Cooper, who was going off until Watson came back, and Kenneth Walker, who was also going off. That trade didn't happen. Looking back at it now, for my sake, I'm kind of happy that didn't happen because, number one, I think you would have been the no-doubt favorite to win. This year, having Eckler and McCaffrey. Going back, if I sent that trade again, would you accept it? 100%. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I try, I'm not going to lie to you. I tried playing it cool. Like, I didn't care if this trade were to happen or not. Deep down inside, I was pushing hard. Man. <laughs> I, I knew McCaffrey. 
he's a game winner for him, man. He's a league winner he for is. him. I, uh, he he would have he would have won me this league. Yeah, with that, there was a couple times I I'm not gonna say jokingly tried shipping him off, but I was talking with Martin about him early on, sending him to Martin for Jonathan Taylor at the time, straight up, and you know, again, it's just every week I say like, oh, you know, McCaffrey's on the chopping block, he just goes off. So, and Troy, yeah, congrats to you for holding on to him. Yeah. Troy, final two questions for you while we have you on the line. No, we made a trade as well where we swapped uh, Jalen Waddle for Debo Samuel and Cordell Patterson. Waddle's obviously not going to have to play for you this week with the bye, but you have him next week going against Green Bay in a favorable matchup. How do you like him at your flex? I uh, see. I like the trade that we made going into it. Debo was not doing great. Uh, McCaffrey just came in. I thought it was produced. You know, he would he would. He would see less production and that i'm i don't want anyone to get hurt but him getting hurt you know won me this trade but i'm not mm-hmm. too high on Waddle on waddle right now i'm uh really debating the amari cooper jalen waddle chris godwin who what two are gonna play no one's gonna know until next week yeah that's a that's a dilemma that a lot of us have like i was just saying before we called you you know i'm in that boat not with the caliber of players but in terms of flex you know either Devonte smith and alave are going to be wide receiver too and then whichever one's not it's going to be going up against donovan knight for the the flex spot so it's it's definitely tough tough calls here i'm interested to see what you do as well and uh you know i think me and you have the two best teams in this league we're gonna see what can happen here and troy final question i do agree with that previous statement that i believe you and dave do have the two best teams in the league i personally believe you have the best team in the league and with that being said you're you're the one seed and you're gonna play the winner of brad and martin any predictions in that any person you want to come out of that or does it not matter to you you're just ready to play i have a prediction I do have a prediction, and I do have a team I want to win. I feel like – let me pull it up real quick because I uh, was just writing it down before. But I'm scared of the Cowboys' uh, core four. I'm scared of them. I, uh, I'd rather play Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown than uh, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, Zeke, and C.D. Lamb. I, uh, yeah, so I would rather – which team is that? Let me see. I'd rather um, the fantasy football team win which is Martin's team. I'd rather play Martin's team, but they both have great teams. And uh, Brad had a great week last week. And, uh, yeah, it really depends on how that four does. And I'm, I'd rather play Martin, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, you know, we talked about that for five minutes on the podcast about how that Dallas quadruple is going to either be elite or they're going to be <laughs> one-sided. Yeah. So that's I think that's going to be a very interesting play. But. For for Brad and if he wins it going against you, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see his matchups. I'm excited to sit down on my couch this week and uh, not worry about a thing. But uh, come next week, it's game time. That's it, Troy. All right, Troy will be in the uh, studio next week for the podcast. We got to get him on the phone here today because he's at work. But Troy, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll see you in the thank semifinals, you. Troy. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Troy joining us live there, you know. Yep. Again, Troy has been the one seed next week when he does play. He's going to have Austin Eckler going Monday night in an advantage going against whoever he plays. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I do think Troy has a great chance to go back-to-back. I would not like to see him go back-to-back, <laughs> especially considering that he, I'm the one he defeated last year yeah. in the championship. If he goes back-to-back and potentially, depending on who he plays, does he jump up into that one seed all time in this league i think at the moment no but i think he would be easily the hottest team in the in this league yeah. i mean I, I only say no because if he does win he will be a two-time champ along with joe mm-hmm. joe's five and one in the playoffs he's got only one playoff loss yeah. to date to you to me yeah. and it, it's not going to be that's not an easy record to extinguish and it also depends how far joe goes if joe loses in the championship to troy then it could go yeah. either way, you know. But if Joe, Joe, if Joe's getting to another championship, because that would be what three championships, then me and uh, Joe would be tied for the most championship appearances. Yeah. And I, I do think there's a possibility that we could rank Troy as the top team. But I think if he wins by far, he would be the hottest team. I'm just gonna throw this out there too for all you listeners, viewers out there. It's never been done. The one seed has never won a championship in this league, and I'll say the best team has really never won. You know, Joe last year had the best team, didn't win. Two years ago, 
A lot of people thought, even though you weren't the one seed, Jeff was the one seed in 2020, but a lot of people thought you were the had the best team. You didn't even go to the playoffs, so a lot of times the one seed and whoever might have the best team never end up winning it. And in this case, I, I do think the one seed is the best team as well with Troy this year. So in terms of, you know, depth to go along with the starting lineup, so. And I, I agree. Um, moving forward, uh, would you like to talk about best pick, worst pick? I know we kind of already glimpsed on that. Yeah, um, yeah, we can talk about that. Because I do think it's not clear, but I would say the heavy favorite for best pick has been Jacobs by Jeff in the fifth round. Yeah. I do think that's clearly, I mean, when you have a number one running back, like you mentioned earlier, in the fifth round, it's it really does change the Will that ever happen team. again? I don't see it ever happening again, you know? I agree. I mean, we saw last year where Joe picked up a running back who finished top fifteen, and it, om- it almost won him a championship. Yep. You know how? And two years ago, it did with yeah. James Robinson. So, but yeah, that that Jacobs pick right now is is definitely the front runner. No matter how the season turns out, I'd still say probably the best pick. Um, a couple honorable mentions would be Tony Pollard with Brad, Kenneth Walker with Troy. So there was a couple a couple good picks there. I mean, that Tony Pollard pick. Um, I remember I was thinking about taking him in a couple of leagues just because, even though I didn't have Zeke. But clearly, I mean, next year if Dallas can move off of Zeke in any way, shape, or form, Pollard will definitely be, honestly, maybe even like the ninth or tenth pick of the draft next year. So for sure, and I, I doubt Dallas moves either one of them. But if if they hypothetically move Pollard to another team, he'd be a top top ten back. Yeah, for sure, top ten back. And I think he's same, rated sixth right now in my league. So And he's had those weeks where he's got 30-plus recently, and yeah. he, he's just been so efficient for all teams that even with the duo there, he's kind of been a must-start, mm-hmm. which is crazy as to say. And you're right, Kenneth Walker late has been a great pick, like we mentioned before. You know, a lot of teams did take him in that 10th round area where you're like, oh, yeah, I got to hold on to him. You know, Rashad Penny's starting there right off the get-go. Yeah. You don't know what Seattle's going to do with that offense. But he's been efficient. He's been efficient, to say the least. And he's been by far the best rookie, aside from obviously Brees Hall, who, who right, got hurt. Right. I'll say a couple honorable mentions to the honorable mentions would be Damian Pierce by Joe. I took Alave. You know, the rookies are always kind of, you know, not necessarily hit or miss, but you don't know what you're getting because they never played an NFL game before. But those two picks as well were were pretty solid. And um, that brings us to the worst picks of the draft. And we'll start from the bottom up, I guess. A couple of the 6th to 7th round, 5, 6, 7 round area, I guess you could say. Allen Robinson, that pick, even though he got hurt still from the beginning. I think Martin actually dropped him. I picked him up, used him for a week, and then that was it. He tore his ACL or whatever and ended his season. So Yeah, by far one of the worst pick. I mean, you looked at the Rams offense last year where they were pass first, you know, super efficient. Right. Cooper Cup just had... The greatest greatest year ever as a receiver. Yeah. And you thought, really, how far off is Allen Robinson from Odell? Okay, maybe it's a tick or two down, but did we really think it was going to be, you know, go from getting 70 yards a game from Odell to 20 yards from Allen Robinson? I don't think so. No, exactly. And we, Allen Robinson has been fantasy efficient the last five years with horrible quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, people Upgrade thought going. quarterback, everyone thought it was going to be one of his best seasons. In since, a Sean McVay yeah. offense. We just thought he'd get a lot of targets. And yeah. that, I think that was the biggest thing, that he just didn't get the targets. It, not even that he's a bad player. He had no room to be good in fantasy. Yeah. And he, he was pretty bad all year. I mean, and as, as you're probably about to mention, there was another player on that team that was even worse fantasy-wise. Yep, and this, I would say, is also the front runner for worst pick. And I love my boy JT, but this pick just was not the wave this year. Cam Akers hurt a lot of people who took him in leagues this year. I did not take him in a single league. I don't think you took him in a single nope. league, Matt, but... This was the first pick of the fourth round, and I remember that first week when he got zero points and didn't see the field except for maybe one drive. It was really uh, kind of, you kind of knew how your season was going to turn out if you had Cam Akers as your RB2. And we were a little hesitant to judge him right off the get-go. I mean, you know, zero points in that first game. We're like, that's weird. Next guy's supposed to be the starting running back. You know, he came off of an ACL injury last year came back and came played back. well, yeah. played yeah. extremely well. So you had no questions that he was going to be the starting back. But fourth round for a guy who, in most leagues recently, I picked up off the waivers, yep. you know, is probably by far but the it's, worst it's, pick it's, of the But it's the draft. same story again. He had that good week where he scored two touchdowns. He was a top waiver pick. And then last week against the Raiders, you know, I watched the whole game, obviously. And after he fumbled the ball, when Chandler Jones stripped the ball and recovered and he fumbled, 
Sean McVay said, that's it. Reminded me of Ronald Jones from two years ago. Yeah. You know, yep, I remember he had a fumble against the Giants, and that was it for him the rest of the year. It's literally the same thing. Williams went in, finished the rest of the game, and that was it for the or for Cam Makers with the Rams. Honestly, for this year, so no, exactly. And we talked about JT's team before how he was high scoring in almost yeah. every single one of his losses. And imagine if he had a fourth round running back or right. receiver to counterbalance. Right, because I I said you know currently on his team Kamara was the the setback, mm-hmm. but. Think about even if, you know, Cam Akers went off, even if Cam Akers went off, to still have Kamara, maybe you move Kamara to your flex. Like, who wouldn't want Kamara at the flex? So No, exactly. And I can't name the the fourth-round guys off the top of my head, but I could just tell you from experience, if he took, like, a guy like ETN who picked it up late, you yeah. know, there's a, there's a plethora of guys that he could have went after instead yeah. of Cam Akers. But you can't knock him at the time, but right now, by yeah. the end of the year, for a guy who's played the whole year, it's probably been the worst pick definitely a couple other honorable mentions here to that would be myself i took darnell mooney and bateman um just for those of you who don't remember the draft was at twelve thirty at night it was kind of late we were drinking a little we, bit we did the opposite here we, we did the party before the draft and uh i don't know if we did if we did it again obviously i would not have taken those two players but you know at the end of the day no regrets they didn't work out mooney actually started to come on a little bit once field started to pick it up but Definitely, it would have been nice to have one of those two pan out. But, you know, after that, I ended up getting Devontae Smith and Olave, so all wasn't lost. Elijah Mitchell by Jeff in the sixth is another honorable mention. You know, even when he got hurt, and then obviously they got McCaffrey, you know, writing was on the wall. It just wasn't going to be his his job to have anymore. And uh, Joe took Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and with that Denver offense struggling, like you talked about at the beginning of the show here, that was no bueno. That was a... Recipe for disaster with Joe. Yeah, you know, he's made do though. Joe's been a, Joe's been efficient with it, but I mean, Joe was not normally himself that night. You know, he was he was having. <laughs> he did a the good... opposite of what he did the year before. He took four running backs yeah. the year before, and then he took four receivers this year. So Joe put a few in him and said, "Let's go receiver." You know, yeah. and I remember I'm going to point this out too. Me and Bobby picked Joe's defense, the Colts' defense in the 15th round because Joe was slumped. Joe was half asleep, and he, he, I mean, he woke up extremely happy with Colts' defense. I mean, what more (laughs) could the guy have wanted? But, you know, even myself was uh, feeling it that night, you know, after rolling a few things. uh, I was confident enough in Justin Herbert to take him fifth round and had me feeling that Chargers offense. That was unprecedented for guys like me and Matt. You know, when I took Josh Allen, I just said, I was telling Matt before the show as well, this was... uh, you know, it was just the safe pick because in the past I've taken guys like Le'Veon Bell in the fourth. Um, you know, I've took Darius Geis, I believe, in the third or fourth, who didn't even play a snap that year, the first year we drafted in this league. And, you know, I knew Josh Allen was going to be the safe pick, and that was my weak spot in years past. So turned out to be the right pick for the most part. And um, so, but, yeah, that's, that's really where you're going to make or break is rounds four through seven or eight. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, me and U.S. franchises, we talked about this. You know, we don't take QBs that early. We we normally tend to wait. And it was yeah. it was a interesting move on our part. You know, yours worked out more than mine, taking Josh Allen. And, you know, we talked about it as well. You know, I, I kind of hit the fourth, fifth. You kind of been nailing the second, third rounds. And, yeah. you know, I mean, even this year, again, I, I told you before, I thought you had the best first five rounds of yeah, any draft in history. Healthy. Yeah. Because if Brees Hall is in your flex right now, it's a scary, scary lineup. Yeah. But league history. Yeah, we'll do the league history and then that'll wrap us up. So this is up to date regular season um, standing. So going into this year, we'll start from the bottom up. Obviously, Brad was the new guy this year, so we had nothing to base it on. So eight and six is where he starts. He took over for Pat, including Pat. The all time record comes out to be 29 and 38. So. But, you know, Brad's first year in the league, 8-6 and six is a no, solid record. Yeah, Clinton, yeah. Clinton the player. I mean, if you look at it from a standpoint of similar to last year, this is the same thing Troy did. Troy took his team to a, to a good record, clinched the playoffs, and moved on to win a chip, you know. And yep. I think that's the same thing Brad could do this year. Definitely. I think he's just got to get – I think him and Marty, again, is going to be a coin flip. And then, you know, he's going to have to get over that hump of playing Troy, you know, who we look at as probably the top team right yeah. now. So I, I do think it could – go towards brad's favor but you know eight and six starting off as a franchise is not bad at all definitely which brings us to number nine which is mario his all-time record after this year goes to 27 and 40 he finished 500 this year it's nice that he got back to the playoffs two years in a row after missing the first three years 
But, you know, no matter what happens this year with Mary, I feel like next year it's still got to be a little more of the same, got to be a little more consistent, you know, because the all-time record as of right now is the worst out of the guys who've been in the league, aside from Brad. Yeah, you know, and aside from the record, it, it is not where you want it to be, you know, in the past five years. But I don't think Gwid has been a bad bad manager i just think the no. first round picks have just not yeah it's been come where down they to, wanted to luck to. you know you i know, remember michael thomas exactly. a couple of years ago and then just obviously gonna bring that, yeah. Najee harris not panning out this year so that where my weaknesses in the later rounds a little bit his seems to be in the first because he nails the rest of his draft for the most part so mm-hmm. but that brings us to bobby who missed the playoffs this year as we mentioned owen won in the playoffs but his all-time records 30 and 37 with bobby what do you think his biggest struggle has been over the years you know, Bobby's been right on the outskirts of making the playoffs most years. Bobby's been a good manager. You know, hopefully we can see him repeat as a manager going to next season. I just think it's been close calls. I mean, you look at the history, the record is not where you want it to be at. You know, you have other teams who are above 500 where Bobby is not at at this very moment. Mm-hmm. You know, same as this year. It's just it's just been him look. Him from the outskirts looking in, he's got to become a team that's inside looking out, you know? Number seven is JT, who's thirty-four, who's 33 and 34, so just under 500. He's 0-3 in the playoffs, as I mentioned before. JT's been going to the playoffs. It's just kind of finishing the deal, which is, he, which is what he's got to work on, I guess, going forward. It's just putting the icing on the cake to win and, a championship. And it's funny, JT's a Dallas fan because that's kind of what he was reminding me of in this. You know, he's been a very good regular season manager but when it comes to the playoffs he just hasn't been able to get it done yeah jeff is the six right now with a actually i take that back these rankings i have are the potential power rankings of what they can turn out to be jeff does have a better record than a couple of these teams ahead of him but just because he has not been to a championship and is only two in the playoffs he is the sixth seed he does have a winning record though he's 34 and 33 but again, 0-2 in the playoffs, kind of the same dilemma as JT. Yeah, you know, for sure. He was the one seed a couple years ago and just couldn't finish the deal. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same situation as JT. And he's honestly kind of been better in the regular season than JT, where he has, he's been a number one seed and hasn't been able to get it done. You know, He's been a high seed and sadly has not been able to do it. So Jeff next year is going to have to come to this draft ready, prepared, and ready to finally take that team to the playoff win that he deserves. Yeah, definitely. Next would be... It's, you know, obviously still out to uh, be seen, but myself, me and Jeff have the same record. We're both 34 and 33. This is my second trip to the playoffs. Hopefully, you know, looking to put the icing on the cake this year. But whenever, I will say this with myself, I've never been at the bottom. You know, I think my worst record in this league was five and eight, which still wasn't the worst. Um, You know, I've always been fighting my way to get to the playoffs. It just couple times just haven't had those middle draft picks work out you know injuries haven't been on my side like I said you know with Darius Geis the first year Austin Eckler I remember clearly the the third year and now this year with Brees Hall I was still able to get by but injuries have been a big thing for me need to work on uh you know fixing up those middle rounds and go from there and you know this year I think this is the, uh, the best opportunity you set yourself up for to win championship in the past five years this is this is the year that, you know, in the past five, that it's your opportunity to get it done. And, you know, you have that bye, which is a safe comfort. And yeah. it's really going to depend who wins that Joe Gwid matchup. Because yeah. you're, you're most likely going to be facing a good team in Joe. But, you know, don't sleep on Gwid. He could sneak out there and be very competitive. I've beaten Joe twice this year. Gwid beat me the only time we played this year, too. So That is interesting. But I did not. Both my running backs were on byes. Chubb and McCaffrey both had the bye that week. And he beat me by, I think, like nine points. Brings us to the fourth team, which is Martin, who has a worse record than me and Jeff, but has been to the championship twice. Um, he's 31 and 36, back in the playoffs again this year. Yeah, you know, he's 3-2 and two in the playoffs. I mean, he hasn't won a championship, but he's been to two. He's yeah. lost both of them. You know, he's finished two seasons second, and both those seasons he was 7-6, and six, and the other one he was 8-5. So yeah. nothing crazy record-wise. He hasn't been a top seed, but he's he's been good enough to get where – where you look to get in the championship and you know maybe this is the year that he finally gets one done definitely number three as of right now 
interchangeable with you and Troy, but we'll just start with you because you're not in the playoffs this year. You're 34 and 33, so tied with me and Jeff for the, depending on how you look at it, including Kenny Beck's record with Troy. Troy does beat us, but if you're just including Troy's record, us three are in a three-way tie for the second best record in the league. And obviously, like we talked about before, you're five and two in the playoffs, one and two in the chip. So yeah, for sure. And you know, this year going three and ten did kill my all-time record. You know, if I was a playoff team this year, I would have the best record in the league, and yeah. that would be awesome. But yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm five and two in the playoffs. You know, I'm very happy with that. I mean, I can't complain much with my team. I've been hot and cold, but three out of three championships in five years is a is a big contribution for me. Yep. So I'm very proud of that. Which brings us to Troy, who, by himself, 24-17, including the tenured before him for those two years, 41-26. and 26. It's a very good record by that franchise or organization, if you will, um, all-time. And every year, they have a winning record. They, they're the only team in this league to have a winning record every year. And he's coming to this league strong, you know. Um, when we replace Kenny, you know, we need another guy who is going to be competitive, another guy who's going to challenge the top dogs at the time, which were me and Joe. I mean, not that anyone else wasn't a competitor, but you know what I mean? Like, who's been to the champ- You guys won repeat, the first two years. You know, yeah. exactly. And Troy's been that team. He's been that X factor that's really put a lot of teams on edge. I mean, you know, the whole controversy last season where teams were afraid of Troy making the playoffs. <laughs> and, I mean, it was for a very good reason considering he won. Yeah. But, yeah, Troy's been, Troy's been good, and he's looking to repeat it this year. As he hopes, obviously, he's on a one-year bounce, but as yeah. lead trends have shown... That one seed just can't get it together. It's not looking... Yeah. The history's not looking too the good. The history's not on the side, yeah. Which brings us to the one seed, which is Joe, 42-25. and 25. That's a great record. One game better than the all-time record with Choice team. But Joe has those two championships, obviously. He had that good draft last year. He had another good draft this year, and he's the third seed. If I'd lost him this week, he obviously would have been the two seed. So, and if he can get it done this year, that's three championships in five years. We it's can't a big, talk about that. It's a big accomplishment. <laughs> you know, we don't want to see that happen. You we know, we love you, Joe, but I, I don't want to see that happen. I mean, yeah, by far, Joe's been the best team in this league. I mean, best record, two championship appearances, two and zero in them. He's five and one in the playoffs, only lost once. You know, so he he is a team that I think is you would look at as the top dog from yeah. an outside perspective. Definitely, definitely. So that kind of wraps up this long first edition of Dave's Big Money League podcast for um, the round one of the playoffs. Those are some of our predictions, some of the history, and uh, once we get down to the final four teams next week, it's going to be interesting. We'll see if we have more of the same, you know, if Martin and Joe prevail or if we got, you know, some of the new guys trying to make their way to the championship with, with Mario and Brad in here, but it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see and uh, go from there. Yeah, you know, it's it's either going to change some history or the history is going to repeat. And, yeah. you know, as a member of that history, obviously, I don't want it to change. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to have uh, Dave and Troy on the podcast. Dave coming back. Troy's going to be here in person next week yeah. as they will have two big matchups. So we'll dive into to their matchups, who they're playing, and keep it going. Yes, sir. All right, guys, thank you for a great season so far. Wish all you playoff teams the best of luck. And for our audience out there, tune in next week. You'll get a good episode as well. Thank you, guys.